everyone welcome to book a life podcast this is a place where we discuss books talk about books in broader perspective of life and in the process help our listeners hopefully and of course ourselves get a book life hello everyone welcome to our second episode of the book alive podcast and here we discuss an autobiography by someone who does not need an introduction but before that thank you for the overwhelming response to our first episode on the book pachinko we sincerely appreciate it it motivates us to get on to more of these episodes and keep bringing great content to you and also help you in picking up your next read coming back to today's episode we are discussing becoming the autobiography by michelle obama sure um ita if i can interject yes. a bit uh on the topic of autobiographies you know there are very interesting genre but something that we don't read that often and when we do it's really hard not to approach one without any expectations hmm. you pick up an autobiography not because of the cover but because of the famous personality and yes i guess that is why it cannot be without expectations like you rightly said uh so now let me talk to my friends neeraj and vikram and find out whether their expectations were met in this autobiography and what emotions were they left with so neeraj let's begin with you would you like to give us a snippet on the book are you sure i should go ahead with this <laughs> yes just just try to keep it snappy short i'll try to keep it as short as possible so talking about the becoming uh, the book has three sections uh, much like the three hosts of this podcast i guess <laughs> oh that's so lovely <laughs> becoming me becoming us and becoming more becoming me is the part where she talks about her family her parents her brother and her life as an average american Uh, you see the piano lessons uh, the school years the academic life admission to princeton it is full of all these interesting anecdotes hmm. and therefore it did not feel like a book written by a politician with some agenda it is an honest depiction of her story and uh, things that were happening to her and ar- around her and, and i also remember going back to youtube videos and listening to those speeches by barack obama and uh, you know this is the, the place where the books really started getting interesting for me however i must say that i'm a little conflicted because of this because i did not know whether i was reacting to barack obama's charisma and oratory or to the book itself the book lit up the moment she started describing barack absolutely i felt the same while reading this uh you know the book transcends to altogether a different level the moment barack obama makes his entry which is another conflicting point uh, because you see one tends to forget that the autobiography is that of michelle and not barack um this actually put me into a fix and rightly so ekta uh yeah, so much has been documented about the obamas uh, them being the first generation social media first family and what not i mean infinite things have been written about them uh and here i would like to share uh, that barack obama himself is coming up with the first part of his memoir and i'm really excited about that book uh, yes. and maybe because of uh, this larger than life uh, person of the former president 
I kind of succumbed to that rather than focusing on Michelle Obama's perspective. You know, I think what I'm really trying to say in my short and sweet manner is that as a... Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I had to laugh. Uh, sorry. So but go on. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, so Vikram... You, you, you were saying, you're trying to... Sorry, go ahead. Yes. So Vikram, uh, as first lady, uh, she definitely did a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think... Agree on that. Yeah. But I think most of the people who read this book or pick up this book or are looking forward to picking this book would react more to uh, Michelle Obama as a person and what she stands for and represents rather than the book itself. Yes. Indeed. It's, it's very hard not to do that. You know? Abs- One really has to constantly remind oneself. Absolutely. And in this podcast, uh, our focus is on the book, isn't it? Yes, mm. definitely. Uh, Yes, Let, let's let's try to keep our focus there. Uh, so so while reading, I also felt that, you know, maybe she was trying to be non-intrusive or uh, simply watch Mr. Obama from the sidelines. Um, or I don't know, maybe I'm just too used to reading narrative fiction. Uh, so what I mean to say is, in my, like, again, clear, convoluted way, <laughs> I could not see the impact... <laughs> An autobiography should perhaps leave on its readers. You are very, <laughs> you are very funny today, Neeraj. I, I like the expression. You're clear, I like your clear conversations. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, now, let me translate that for you guys. I think what you meant is she's not a commoner, right? Uh, but she's gone out of her way to portray herself as one. Mm. I think mm. that was uncalled for in the sense... Uh, that, you know, her life is full of exceptional academic achievements, great workplaces, and then a great life partner and family too. But uh, uh, she has been very, very placid about it in this book. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, this actually reminded me of a very beautiful quote from a television series on Netflix called uh, Anne with an E. Have you guys seen it? Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, I found it marvelously simple. Oh, absolutely. I would highly recommend our listeners to watch it as well. And uh, in particular, why I mentioned the, the series is there is a very beautiful quote from Anne where she says, being humble does not mean one has to degrade oneself. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? And this quote struck with me. I think, um, again, and I think this quote stuck with me. I think this applies so aptly here in case of Michelle Obama in the literary style that she has chosen to write this book. Absolutely, Vikram. Uh, Writing an autobiography, one has to open up. Um, I think, uh, you know, an autobiography demands that level of sincerity, which undoubtedly must be a tumultuous process. Uh, But we do not get to the depth of Michelle Obama's personality or her thoughts. It feels uh, superfluous. Uh, It felt like it was written for the masses, um, democratic, Mm. uh, plural, inclusive. I mean, I don't know the apt word for it. Mm, But but, uh, perhaps... And to be very honest, Ekta, I do not know whether it was written for any of these aforementioned categories also. Uh, and here I, I'm also wondering about this, uh, the timing of the book. Uh, this was released back in 2018. And 
so much has happened since then at least in the usa oh dear everywhere look at europe for instance and you know what i wish i hadn't read this book at all oh uh, for me uh, michelle obama has such a strong and glamorous well put together personality um Absolutely. you know rather one of the first few ladies who are their own person at least that is what i have always been uh, you know felt watching her conduct herself on television mm. uh, but the book um it seems like it has been written by some other michelle obama and uh, not the one i would like to admire and connect with uh, definitely uh, absolutely uh, you know i completely agree with him and this is a lady so well dressed pioneering in her own right i remember watching her uh, you know the video that went viral where she was jogging in about the white house yes to spread the that was quite amazing absolutely to see uh you know to spread the message of good health and healthy living mm-hmm. i admired her for that bold and very unconventional step for someone in a position you see absolutely it was very bold and unconventional but i think the very fact that the three of us are also falling into the inevitable trap of reacting to the person rather than the book mm-hmm. uh, you know because i say say this because we keep going back to these youtube videos we keep going back to all those wonderful speeches and interviews mm-hmm. so vikram i'm actually wondering about this other point also what struck me is this that the book uh, becoming it began on a very promising note you see yeah uh, absolutely i you know i kind of uh, agree with you on this neeraj and uh, let me quote from the book itself ekta to further uh, my point at the very beginning if you remember she says this on being called i mean she has been called a lot of things but uh, uh, particularly this uh, this phrase angry black woman Hmm. and the quote goes i would like to ask my detractors which part of that phrase matters to them the most is it angry or black or woman that is such a promising start isn't it absolutely it was yes, quite moving absolutely. to read that sorry we are all speaking together but, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, but it was quite moving absolutely yeah and i instantly connected with this and not just this in the very next paragraph she goes on to say i have heard about the swampy parts of the internet that question everything about me right down to whether i am a man or a woman uh, you see what i'm trying to say here hmm. i was In- i was really looking forward to reading what it feels like to be angry or black or indeed a woman in america hmm. uh this i felt really set a promising stage for the rest of the book agree uh, and i was expecting to rediscover her personality in the written format so to speak uh, but you know unfortunately becoming did not live up to that expectation which again is compounded further by by the fact that i absolutely adore michelle obama you know talk about being living one high and dry <laughs> <laughs> well indeed the, the fact that her recent speeches have been so powerful and emphatic that the book is bound to leave one with this you know the sense of being underdelivered 
Yes, Vikram. Exactly, and thank you for saying that. That is exactly what I was trying to say here. Uh, the book began on a promising note, which was in line with my expectations, and uh, that was quite a powerful start, I must say, Neeraj. Isn't it, Ekta? Uh, but you know, uh, it spiraled away towards some other things, maybe some other superfluous things along the way. and uh, losing the the conflict the stage that she had introduced or rather the conflict that lured me into reading this book mm-hmm. and i would have liked it if it uh, you know had it continued with the same tone but for me it did not and this could be a little disappointing i agree the writing could have been more peppy it was not as engaging as such perhaps uh, you know she should have hired uh, the same people who write her speeches <laughs> <laughs> Or, oh, all right. Thankfully, this brings us back to the book. Um, so now we have reached a point where we share with our listeners the reasons for picking up the book. Uh, last time, it was the book club that led us to discovering Pachinko. Was it the same case this time too? Well, it uh, came to a point that one saw the book come across on every social media channel. You know. Mm. and then there was this uh, uh, netflix uh, documentary also vikram you know talking about social media channels uh, this documentary covering the entire book uh, book tour uh, mm-hmm. i mean it was so much talked about that it felt inescapable and i think perhaps very relevant to read it mm. i had a similar feeling it felt like being bombarded by it in a nice way everyone one went Uh, be it at the airport, in the bookshop, or this iconic face greeted us everywhere. Also, with the U.S. elections around the corner, uh, I kind of felt this was a relevant answer to what I should be reading next. <laughs> Maybe is that it? that is also <laughs> that is also true. And perhaps uh, you know these are some of the reasons why our book club members voted for this book. Uh, in case you're wondering, uh, the book club that I'm talking about is called Reading Matters. Uh, it is a place where we get together to discuss books, analyze them, learn from them, and also thrash them if need be. Mm, which I agree is indeed needed from time to time. <laughs> well dear listeners this brings us to the end of part 1 we will see you on the other side stay tuned welcome to part 2 of our episode we are discussing the book becoming by michelle obama well The book is definitely about and by a very prominent and influential personality so it makes it even more important to discuss the big ideas in this book. Now if you ask me the book focuses on some of the issues that deeply resonated with me. You know like the family values she was brought up with. The first part which is becoming me although that is narrated in a simple style yet it paints you know the picture of life of a black girl and the many opportunities that the land of free promised to offer and you know what ekta i like how subtly you used the past tense promised that is saying something well <laughs> now that calls for a separate episode altogether neeraj <laughs> <laughs> so so you know what works for the majority of the people and perhaps not for me is the way she kind of deliberately assumes this humble persona 
I mean, throughout mm. the book, I felt that she underplayed her achievements. This probably could be uh, because I think it must have been so difficult to stick to the tone that she chose for the book. Mm. Um, I could sense that her choice of tone was quite deliberate, but I am also a little skeptical. I mean, did you feel the same, Vikram? Totally. Oh, I did feel the same. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the book, and uh, I have been pondering actually on this point. Uh, this sentiment of being humble resonates and troubles me. It's something I have been dealing with or trying to deal with. I always admire the American culture of being so proud of every achievement, even the ones seemingly insignificant. And this is so hard to do if you have been conditioned all your life to be modest. all the time to an extent that this becomes a part of your nature and i was expecting michelle obama not to be in the same shoes mm. my understanding thus far you know has been that our struggles no matter how big or small forge us and one mustn't deliberately try to wipe them out from one's memory rather give a much needed adoration and embrace an acceptance now the michelle obama meticulously lists numerous incidents in her life i felt she was not able to feel proud of her achievements i mean i want my idol or, or any person worthy of that place in my life to be proud of who they are and and say it in that tone you know uh, perhaps I was looking for drawing that strength myself. Oh, and Vikram, actually, uh, I also kind of missed this brand of uh, American individualism. Uh, but here, I was wondering about this uh, uh, thing that you talk about, which is being conditioned. Uh, so, do you think, if I may ask you a question here, the roots you belong to? So, as uh, uh, you were born and brought up in India, but you have been living in Belgium for quite a uh, significant amount of time now. uh so do you fee- find this conflict still or have you overcome this or does this still haunt you mm. no it has been a constant in my life hmm. uh, at times in there when one wants to grow i have felt wanting to unleash myself from it but it holds me back at times and uh, i haven't come up with a mantra to go through the struggle hmm. but of late i've been trying to read about humbleness oh uh, you know what vikram i asked this because i could sense this commonality of undervaluing oneself i mean if hmm. you talk about this in the indian context i mean uh, all our lives we are taught to be guarded and constrained about our achievements and there so and there is obviously value in that isn't it i'm not denying that uh what surprised me was to share this common ground with michelle obama uh exactly you remember how she credits her chef sam cass for which she basically set the stage yeah 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 uh, not only that she turned that particular thing into a public health campaign which was called as let's move and it was incredibly successful now i would have been okay with the book if there were more such examples uh but i felt uh, this was not talked about consistently throughout uh kind of lending it a uh, you know some ring of artificiality 
uh, I can further explain my point uh, in the spirit of keeping my monologues uh, short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> by by giving an analogy from uh, uh, Kathak, which is one of the eight Indian classical dance forms. Now, what happens in Kathak if you talk about uh, being conditioned? The entire practice of being grounded is so ingrained that it, you know, sometimes becomes really, really difficult to differentiate between uh, people who are genuinely humble and people who are just uh, donning this artificiality garb. You know, that is where my conflict with the book came. However, I'm also thinking that this very thing is what would make the book find perhaps more audience with Indians. Neeraj, I want to add here something. You know, what I feel here is when you talk about more examples, I think I was kind of a little put down by some of the things I, sh- I thought, you know, she should have highlighted in this autobiography. Particularly, I'm talking about when we are discussing regarding connecting with the Indian audience about this Michelin star chef, an Indian born in Amritsar, Vikas Khanna, who's been, mm. uh, you know, quite popular across the globe and has been invited by Barack Obama to host several dinners. He's also the head chef for the United Nations General Assembly. And he's wow. also been invited by, uh, you know, uh, oh. the Obamas. Yes, for Thanksgiving and uh, was leading, uh, you know, the chefs on the first lady's birthday party. So I was wow. quite flummoxed. Yeah, you know, that uh, uh, she's talking about deprivation and being black in America, being angry, being a woman and still treating India as a forgotten country. You know, the book has no mention of the nation, wherein I think that India played a very important role in the tenure of the president. Uh, but uh, there has been no mention of India at all. Um, that really surprised me. Wow, uh, Ekta, I, I didn't know about this. Such accomplished chef. Well, it's really impressive, CV. I thought uh, you mentioned him only because you he's pretty cute and you follow him on Instagram. <laughs> I was going to say. So, (laughs) yeah. And Ekta, you know what? I am also now equally surprised because uh, this particular thing reminds me of the description of the Obamas meeting the Queen of England. You remember that? Yes. And that has been described so vividly. And now when you talk about this incredibly famous uh, uh, chef Vikas Khanna and this anecdote that you have narrated, I am also kind of wondering whether we as a country were indeed forgotten altogether. I really did not see the book from this perspective. And that is a valid point you made there, Ekta. Hmm. Uh, And uh, talking about India, isn't humbleness a synonym of the Indian culture? Indeed. Uh, You know, like the humble hosts of this incredible podcast. (laughs) 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 But if you take it uh, beyond India... These sentiments are so universal and ubiquitous to cultures. For instance, let me take you to South Africa. I'm reminded of a quote from a very famous South African, Archbishop Desmond Tutu. The following quote is from the Book of Joy, which is a set of interviews between the Archbishop and His Holiness the Dalai Lama. On the topic of humbleness, the Archbishop says, Sometimes... We confuse humility with timidity. That's deep. That's deep. I was going to say. Absolutely. And he goes on to say, 
Humility allows us to celebrate the gifts of others, but it does not mean you have to deny your own gifts or shrink from using them. Mm. And uh, I think this aptly applies in the case of Michelle Obama's narrative. I really like the use of the word gift here. And uh, you know what? Uh, taking this point forward, I feel humility and gratitude go hand in hand. And on that, I want to talk about her mother too. You know, she had played an integral part in the lives of the Obamas, including the eight years that she spent with them in the White House, raising their two daughters. I felt she did not get her complete due in the book. This disappointed me a little. Now, whether the autobiography edits out this aspect or whether this was actually what had happened, it leaves uh, one in the lurch. Also, there has been so much fixation about her daughters having as normal a life as possible. Again, an aspect that may strike a chord with some readers. And may not strike any chords with some other readers. Absolutely. <laughs> it did seem exaggerated. Talking about her daughters, her daughters are not ordinary girls just down the street. They lived in the White House. Uh, Michelle Obama trying to underplay it so much and she has been desperately chasing normality that it does not seem to do any justice to the eventful life they have had. I mean, they have had an eventful life. Yeah. Absolutely. Which reminds me of an utter contrast that I felt while reading another memoir called Educated by Tara Westerwald. Now, I know, or rather I do not know how good it is to compare two books. But still, I'll talk about it. So this book... Uh, Educated, right? This book comes highly recommended by none other than Mr. Bill Gates himself. And uh, it, it sketches the life of Tara, who comes from a Mormon family, and how her life was extremely eventful, uh, to an extent that it almost seems impossible. You know, the numerous accidents, the frequent abuses, the dysfunctional family, the brothers, her eventual escape. I mean, there was not a single normal day in the life of Tara Westover, which for me was a little artificial. I, did, I just could not actually relate to the book. And when you contrast this with Michelle Obama, uh, I think Michelle Obama has underplayed it. Uh, similarly, uh, in, uh, Tara has overdone it. So for me, this I felt equally disconnected while reading both these books, you know. I do not know how fair, once again, this comparison is or whether, you know, books should be compared at all. But you get my point, right? Mm, I do. I think it's quite relevant here. And uh, these two books give us a good scope to analyse as they are at the two different ends of the spectrum. As you said, mm -hmm. one seemingly exaggerated in the case of this Mormon family and uh, the other so underplayed in the case of Michelle Obama's description. Now, this scope allows us to ask the question, for an autobiography, what level of description would connect with the audience? And, uh, and I think this connect, or this connection lies in the balance of sincerity. Uh, Vikram, I'm sure you do not mean to question the sincerity of the authors. The two ladies did indeed take diametrically opposite. Of course. And thanks for asking that question, Neeraj. It is not the question of their sincerity or their conviction, mm -hmm. but 
from the audience's perspective, I think it is more the issue of uh, connecting to the author's tone. In case of Michelle Obama, it is she's an aspirational personality, right? From for at least common person. Absolutely. Uh, now to be living in this palace of uh, White House. Why is she trying to overdo that humbleness, trying to be an average citizen, more so an average person? Mm. It sounds so far from sincere. What I mean to say is, if I can put it like so, the story does not fit the address. Precisely. I think that's a very fair point. Dear listeners, we are now here on our favorite part of the podcast, which is the rating for the book. Yes, usually my favorite part as well, <laughs> but rather painful this time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give this book a 2.5. And uh, I would put into perspective by saying this, that our personal histories roots the experiences that we have. I think this book is so US-centric, which is justified, of course, but in doing so, it's likely to be received in a very different light altogether outside America. And apart from its US-centric narrative, I think in reading Michelle's story, I wanted her to get as personal as possible. I think I was hunting mm. for intimacy, which would have left that impact. Uh, on the flip side, for a lot of readers who do not have context about the social unrest that has been engulfing America since the past few months, I think becoming could disadvantage rather than helping the movement. And I say this because a lot of these major issues are kind of a given. Assumed is the right word, I think, in the book. So for an average reader, this might seem as if it is tilted to one side of equation, favoring one narrative over others. And this aspect scares me a lot. A narrative should not mislead even a single person, isn't it? Yeah. And especially during such epoch times in history. I mean, at least from the U.S.'s perspective. And also, I feel uh, it could be a little misleading to praise the book outright just because it has been written by such an important person. Therefore, mm -hmm. my rating is also 2.5 out of 5. You know what? Uh, mm -hmm. This book reaffirmed the aphorism for me that uh, books that have a lot of buzz around them invariably end up in disappointment. I agree. And this happens to many of the bestsellers uh, and books in particular, isn't it? Uh, not just book, I would agree. Um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, look at fashion, for yeah. instance. The buzz inevitably ends up, you know, building up what I term as the unexpected expectancy. Mm. True. And so, you know, for this reason, I read the book a 2.5 out of 5 too. Uh, indeed, it is an important read. However, it did not deliver on the expectations that I had from it. Now, hmm. reading any book is a very, very personal experience. And even Indeed. more so, you know, when it is an autobiography. So uh, it's highly likely that, you know, uh, you might have a different view when you read it. Let us know if you have a different take on becoming and also what it is to that you look forward to while approaching an autobiography. 
Yeah. Uh, the last few points we were discussing, I wanted to ask both of you this question. So while reading autobiography, do you think it is important to know the period of history or it is contemporary or whether it is contemporary? Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, is it important to know the context? Uh, should one exclude the context and detach oneself all of this um, and, uh, and and focus on the person? You know, Vikram, no, I'm not very sure that whether we can forget about the context because I think uh, it is a responsibility of the author to give the context in case the context was getting lost. Uh, for example, mm. in India, especially if you talk about for people, uh, it felt she was talking more about being black in America and people might misleadingly start justifying hashtags like, you know, for example, all lives matter. And that in itself is uh, such a scary thing and uh, very misleading also, at least in my mind. And whether this fact would bear any impact on the political scenario in the USA, I, I'm sure it will not. Uh, but I, but I don't, do not know. At least a person like uh, Michelle should have taken into cognizance the fact that this book was not just going to be read in the USA and not just going to be read before the 2020 elections. It is a book it will live on mm. like like all books absolutely and i also think vikram mm. uh, since you have asked you know a very very valid question here it is very mm. important for a book you know to also highlight and describe the era in which you know it has taken shape uh, the historical events the culture the policies and the kind of environment that the country has or the person who is writing the book you know who belongs to a certain section of the society uh, what mm. what the person is going through so that is what uh, you know uh, that is what paints largely a picture when you're reading an autobiography because you are also able to connect those dots wherein you find how difficult or easy the life of this person has been in coordination with the events happening around in that particular era. Mm, absolutely fascinating. And uh, on a lighter note, if I can say, uh, aren't these just the most important tips for people who want to write their own autobiography. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am taking notes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think readers should take notes. <laughs> yeah, uh, should write it. So, so I was also thinking about this other thing, you know. So, let's say Vikram, uh, uh, you know, just imagine that hundred years down the line, uh, if a history student picks up this book to understand the historical connotations. Do you think uh, becoming would actually stand that test? No, I highly doubt it. Exactly. And I think what Ekta is trying to say here is that it should uh, definitely paint some context, some picture of the era it was written in and depict the social unrest and at least the fabric of the society uh, at that point of time. And having Mm. said this, I have also observed uh, that it's a, it's how it's so interesting, isn't it? That all the three of us gave the same rating for very different reasons. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, I, and I'm sure, uh, dear listeners, you would also have very dis- different perspectives if you have already read the book or you are uh, expecting to read the book. Do write to us at bookalifepodcast at the rate gmail dot com. That is bookalifepodcast at the rate gmail dot com. 
All right, guys. So we have come to the end of our episode two. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at the rate bookalife underscore podcast. And stay tuned. Listen to us on Spotify. And what's next? Oh boy, uh, we are so excited for the next episode. I tell you, I think you are you are more excited than the two of us. Oh no, absolutely! I am definitely more excited too. <laughs> yeah. So the next book. Oh, it's a it's a very different sort of book. It's a European satire, and uh, we believe the episode is going to be a thorough fun. We're going to have a very interesting take on a rather controversial book, which is titled "Look Who's Back" by Timur Vermes. Uh, who ap- apparently happens to be a tabloid journalist writing a scathing satire on modern day. So journey. finally, a book, hopefully, uh, that the three of us would read on the higher side. <laughs> so let the suspense stay afoot. With that, you are listening to our take on the autobiography of Michelle Obama, titled "Becoming" and published by Viking. Signing off for Ekta and Vikram. This is Neeraj. Mm-hmm.